Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. Have you ever heard of a radio show entitled The Easy Aces? Well, if not, I think you will remember it if you listen to this track of Easy Aces written by Goodman Ace, starring himself as a stressed-out realtor and the exasperated but loving husband of the deceptively scatterbrained, malaprop-prone Jane Ace. You know, things like, you've got to take the bitter with a better, Time Wounds All Heals. The Easy Aces program became a long-running 15-minute serial comedy from 1930 to 1945 and a low-key legend of old-time radio for its literate, bland, conversational style and the malaprops of the female half of the team, the real-life spouse of Goodman Ace, his wife, Jane. The show is done without an audience and is noticeably quiet. No sound effects, just dialogue. Sort of the same production style as the Vic and Sage series. Well, Easy Aces was a show that a group of local actors that were part of my audio theater group at WSCA Radio in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, wanted to reenact. And on the track you're about to hear, that is exactly what we did on September 22, 2007, as we recreated an episode entitled, Jane Goes to the Psychoanalyst or Psychologist. Jane's best friend has visited the very popular Dr. Montel and told Jane that he did wonders for her. He actually figured out what made her tick or click. Why Jane wants to know what makes her click too. So she sets up an appointment with Dr. Montel. And by the time she's done with Dr. Montel, he may need psychiatric help. So here are the WSCA audio theater players, Chuck Curtis, Kathy Sompchus, Charlie Griffin, Michelle Griel, Linda Becker, Liz Wright, and yours truly, in the recreation of the aforementioned play from the Easy Aces series. And I should mention that we added a couple of our own commercials. By the way, the original show was aired around 1940. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering, and I appreciate the privilege of you listening. Yes, it's time again for Easy Aces, starring Jane and Goodman Ace. Easy Aces is brought to you tonight by the Ambidextrous Assistant Temp Agency located at 221B Baker Street. You have often heard the saying, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Well, that's not the case. When your office hires an Ambidextrous Assistant from the Ambidextrous Assistant Temp Agency, All of our ambidextrous assistants are fully trained in using either of their two upper extremities to an equal level of proficiency. Yes, when one of our ambidextrous assistants is working at your place of business, simultaneously filing paperwork in two drawers, keyboarding with one hand while pouring you a cup of coffee with the other, dialing phone numbers on two phones at the same time, or simply entertaining co-workers during lunch break by patting a head and rubbing a tummy. You can be sure our ambidextrous assistants will increase the productivity and morale of your business operation. Please call 555-5555 today and ask for an ambidextrous assistant from the area's only ambidextrous assistant temp agency. Four ambidextrous assistant operators are standing by waiting to handle up to eight calls at one time. Please call now and thank you.
I tried to stop her, but Jane insisted that she had to go to a psychiatrist. After a week of visits and with a little rest and care, I'm happy to announce that the psychiatrist will be out in a few months. Psychoanalysis, you know, was developed by Freud late in the 19th century, but it never got popular until it was taken over by Fox in the 20th century. Jane's interest in the couch started the other day when she met my boss's wife, Mrs. Norris, on the street, and they had a chat about psychoanalysis. Went something like this. Well, Mrs. Ace, good morning. Oh, hello, Mrs. Norris. Long face, no see. Uh, yes, where are you going, my dear? Just fine. Well, how have you been? Just up to the corner to match this material for a dress. That's good. I hardly recognized you, Mrs. Norris. It's that sweater you're wearing, I guess. Oh, my sweater! Do you like it? You look stunned. My dear, I've never worn a sweater before I started going to my psychoanalyst. He told me my subconscious mind kept me from wearing it, and he made me get rid of my inhibitions. He did a good job on me, I can tell you that. Oh, yes, he certainly fitted it well. His name is Dr. Montel. Dr. who? Montel. M-O-N-T-E-L. He adjusts all your mental conflicts. It's done wonders for me, my dear. Every night I offer up my thanks for Freud. For who? Freud. F-R-E-U-D. He's the man who founded psychoanalysis. Oh, what Dr. Montel could do for you, my dear? He'll tell you everything that's on your mind. Well, all I have on my mind now is this material I want to get matched for a dress. Oh, no, no. I mean on your subconscious mind. Things you don't even know are there yourself. For instance, look at me and Jonathan. He's as devoted a husband as you'll find anywhere. And still, in spite of all his devotion, it's left me, shall I say, apathetic? All right. Last week, for instance, he said to me, Margaret, he said, you're certainly looking well. It was then I realized I had to go see a psychoanalyst because my subconscious mind said to me, yes, he thinks you look well now, but how long will he think you look well? That's when I went to see Dr. Montel. And what he's done for me, he told me what makes me tick. My dear, you simply must go to him at once. First, I have to get this material matched for a dress. Oh, I don't mean this minute. You'll have to make an appointment. He's so busy. And so handsome. You can see what he's done for my mental conflicts. Yes, you're so cheerful and so ravenous looking in that sweater. You know, maybe I will go. Tell him I sent you. Do you remember the name? Oh, sure. Mrs. Norris. No, no, I mean the doctor's name, Dr. Montel. Oh, yes. F-R-E-U-D. All through dinner that evening, I noticed that there was something on Jane's, uh, well, if you pardon the four-letter word, mind. And after dinner, she sat there staring into space, so, well, I sat there staring into space. We stared into each other's space. And finally, she said, uh, Dear, how do I look to you? You are fine, Jane. Yes, but how long will I look that way? Well, according to insurance statistics, your life expectancy is... No, uh, you're getting off the subject. Do I look good to you? That's what I want to know. Now, come on. I want your candied opinion. My candied opinion is that you look very sweet. Wonderful. Oh, my. I've got it, too. I beg your pardon? What, what have you got? Mental conflicts. M-E-N-T-A-L. Isn't that awful? What, what are you talking about? I'm going to a psychoanalyst first thing in the morning. To a psychoanalyst? Jane, you amaze me. Not now, dear. Let me tell you why I decided to go to him. This morning, I ran into Mrs. Norris. Hard, I trust. And she told me she's been going to him, and you should see what he's done for her. She's wearing a sweater. 
She went to a psychiatrist so she could wear a... She got ch- rid of all of her exhibitions. Not in a sweater, she didn't. And just now, when you said to me how wonderful I look, it left me, shall I say, apathetic? Apathetic? A-P-A... Would you t- please stop spelling at me? I know apathetic, and you're not going to a psychoanalyst. He doesn't give you any medicine, you know. I know, I know, I know. I tell him what's on my mind, and then he tells me what's on my mind. Jane, he wouldn't have a target. Don't you understand, dear? When you told me just now I look wonderful and I felt, shall I say, apathetic, that means something. Yeah, it means you look wonderful. Yes, but how long will you think I look wonderful? How long? See, even you're beginning to wonder. No, I'm not, Jane. You have no money to throw away on a foolishness like that. They're expensive. Yes, but look what he does for you. He told Mrs. Norris all about herself, told her what makes her thick. And she is, Jane. If you go to this guy, you'll wind up in a straitjacket. Well, if he fits it for me as well as he did her sweater. He will, he will. So the next morning, Jane got up bright and early and went to see the psychoanalyst Uh, Correction, the the next morning, Jane got up early and went to see the psychoanalyst. The doctor was ready for her with pencil and couch. And you say Mrs. Norris sent you to see me? Yes, she did, Dr. Montel. Mrs. Norris? Oh, yes, she had a deep-seated neurosis. Why do people permit their neuroses to become so deep-seated if they had only come to see me earlier? Well, you said 11.30, Dr. Montel. Mrs. Ace, for your first visit, I'll take your case history. Are you comfortable on that couch? Oh, this is fine. Thank you. I like your office. Everything Mrs. Norris told me about you is certainly true, Dr. Montel. She said you were handsome. Really? Well, now... And may I return the compliment and say I think you're handsome, too. Well, now, so much for the doctor. Let's get to the patient. Tell me about yourself, Mrs. Ace. Well, I wouldn't say I'm handsome exactly, but my husband thinks I... Let's not discuss your husband for our first visit. Let's stick to you. Tell me, how do you feel, generally, I mean? Well, physically, if you'll pardon the expression, I feel fine. But it's the mental conflicts that get me. What mental conflicts? Like when my husband said last night that I look wonderful, my unconscious said, how long will I look that way? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Something on the order of Mrs. Norris' anxiety neurosis. Well, I see I'll have to prescribe for you the same as I did for her. Yes, except that I want a much smaller size than she got. What? What, what? Uh, Mrs. Ace, tell me, how long have you had these thoughts when someone compliments you on your appearance? Since I saw Mrs. Norris yesterday. Oh, then I'm sure yours is a mild case, and I can cure you in this one visit. But if I'm always going to say how long to myself... You won't always say that. I'm sure you won't. Mrs. Ace, I think you are a very charming woman. Well, thank you, Dr. Montel. I guess it's this new blouse I'm wearing. There. You see, you accepted my flattery without a single thought to the contrary passing through your mind. Yes, sir. I did. You're cured, Mrs. Ace. It was a simple case. You don't need psychoanalysis. But I'm glad you got here when you did. Most people wait until it's too late. Well, I'm glad I got here at the psychopathic moment. Yes. And there are too many more important cases in these troubled... These troubled... What did you say? When? You got here at what moment? The psychopathic moment. Psychopathic? Yes. Well, goodbye, doctor. How much do I owe? No, no, no. Just a moment. Lie back, please. What happened? Uh, Say that again. You got here when? Say it. Dr. Montel, you're scaring me. You're getting my bearings balled up. 
Getting your what? Doctor, let me up. You're making a mountain out of Mohammed. A mountain out of Mohammed? Is something wrong? Lay back, Mrs. Ace. You're a most interesting case. I am, huh? I had a tuition there was going to be trouble in the offering. A tuition? Hmm. Offering? Yes, most interesting. Mrs. Ace, there is some force at work in your mind which telegraphs twisted and hastily visualized words to your tongue. What is that force? That's what I want to find out. In the interest of research, would you come to me for an hour every day and tell me the story of your life from as far back as you can remember? Just one hour every day. Will you come? Sure, if you think I have to. Yes, yes. Very interesting case. We'll have our first hour now. Lay back, Mrs. Ace, and tell me the story of your life from as far back as you remember. Well, let me see. I'll start with my five years in high school. Four years, Mrs. Ace. Not me, doctor. That night, I refused to listen to anything Jane had to say about her visit to the psychoanalyst, but Jane found an interested audience in her mother, who is now living on us, uh, who is now living with us. I ought to tell you about Jane's poor mother. She's the last stages of a big appetite. She's been to every doctor in New York, including one veterinarian in Flushing. That was the day she said she was as sick as a dog. And she takes dozens of different medicines. There's only uh, one medicine that she takes every hour on the hour. It's uh, cutty or sark, uh, some Indian remedy, something like that. So anyway, when Jane mentioned having gone to a doctor, her mother looked up quickly and she said, So the doctor said you've got psychoanalysis. It sounds exciting, Janie. Did he give you a prescription? No, mother. He's not like the doctors that give you medicine and take x-rays and put an oxidol mask on you. What kind of a doctor is that? He's a psychoanalyst. He cures the mental conflicts, and he makes you happy. Well, if it makes you happy to be happy, be happy. Personally, any doctor who won't give you medicine is a fraud. That's right. F-R-E-U-D. He tells me what's on my mind. He can see right into my brain. Dear, now, you stop that. I didn't say anything. Well, I don't like your altitude about this whole thing. Stray out of this. I don't like your spending money on psychoanalysis. Money? After all, what is money for if not to spend on doctors? I always say it's better to be well for one day than sick for two weeks. I'm not sick, Mother. Look, here's the whole thing in a nuthouse. Just tell me about the doctor, Janie. He sounds very interesting. A good question, Mother. And the answer is, he certainly is. And the handsomest you ever saw. With an office to match. Tall, dark brown hair. I've always wanted a tall office with dark brown hair. And when he smiles, oh boy. No teeth. Dear... What did I tell you? You said stay out of it. Well, do it. Where was I? The doctor, Janie. Does he have a regular doctor's office? Oh, sure. Like every doctor's office. Young nurse, old magazines. And then you have to lie back on this couch he has there and talk to him. There's a table on either side of the couch, on one table cigars, on the other cigarettes. And he says to me, lie down and relapse. So I did. And he said, all I want you to tell me is the story of your life from as far back as you can remember. You can smoke if you want to, he said. So I took a cigar and started to talk. 
took a cigar. It's in my bag. I'll give it to you later. Oh, for me. You see, I'm always thinking of you, and you sit there making sarcastic remarks. So what did you talk to him about? Did you tell him where it hurts you? Oh, no, Mother. I told him about what I did when I was in high school. It wasn't very interesting. He yawned a couple of times. But I can take a hint. So tomorrow, when I go, I'm going to make up a story to tell him. Make up a story? Well, I'm certainly not going to sit there boring him for a full hour every day. So tomorrow, I'm going to make up a story out of who wheat. He said it's a good thing I went to him early as I did. Most people wait until it's too late, like Mrs. Norris, for instance. Do you want me to become deep-seated like Mrs. Norris? No, Jane, that I don't. Well, this is Friday, the day that Jane hurried down to the psychoanalyst's office to continue telling him the story of her life, and only she noticed he yawned through most of the story that she told him yesterday, so today she has made up a lot of exciting things that didn't happen in order to hold his interest. This is the day which will set back psychoanalysis 25 years, one which became known in medical circles as Black Friday. That's it, Mrs. Aist. Just lie back and relax, and we'll take up where we left off yesterday. Oh, this is going to be a thriller-diller, Dr. Montel. Yes. Let's take it from after your high school graduation. Yes. Well, Sir Doctor, oh, you're going to like this. It was the summer I graduated. The heat was on, and we were driving home from a party, Sally Anderson and I and two fellows. The fellow she was with later left town. The fellow I was with later became Mr. Ace, my husband. You see, Sally and I always double-dated. We've been insufferable friends for years. Insufferable? Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Always together like a couple of Simonized twins. Simonized. Yeah, yes, go on. Yes, sir. Well, we were in the car, and one of the boys was driving, the one in front. I was in front with him, and Sally was in the back with the other one. We were singing and laughing, shine on harvest moon. You know how school kids are. Loose foot and fancy free. Loose foot, Uh uh-huh. Yes, you know, just out for a good time, not wild or anything like that. Or would you prefer wild? What's that? No, I guess you wouldn't. Anyway, we were driving along when alongside our car came another car, and in that car was another boy I used to go with, and he was jealous that I was out with Mr. Ace, who later became my husband. So I leaned over to Sally in the front seat, and I said, Isn't that Roy? And she said... Uh, Just a moment, Mrs. Ace. You said before you were in the front seat. Did I? Well, uh, she leaned over to me in the front seat, and I said, Isn't that Roy? Is that better? Yes, I believe it is. And Sally said, Yes, I believe it is. Well, Roy was so mad I was out with Mr. Ace, who later became my husband, that he wasn't watching where he was driving, and he almost bumped into us. He looked kind of wild, Almost besmirk, you might say. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Mr. Ace, the one who later became my husband, started to drive faster to get away from him. And pretty soon we were both going so fast. Well, I'll tell you how fast we were going. We were 12 miles from town, and would you believe, we made it in eight miles. You made it in eight miles? Eight miles if I'm a day. And then to clap the climax, we suddenly heard the whistle of a train coming around the hill. Oh, Uh, I forgot to tell you there was a hill around the bend, and and we had to cross the tracks. But there we were, going like bats out of a belfry. Belfry, yes. 
and we were going so fast, and we couldn't stop, and the train was going even faster. We couldn't hear the train whistle. Woo, woo! And we were going, uh-oh. We all knew that if something didn't happen, this was the end. Well, goodbye, doctor. I'll see you tomorrow. Wait a minute. What happened? My hour is up, doctor. To be continued tomorrow. Well, the story Jane made up out of whole wheat uh, turned out to be a cereal. While Dr. Montell was hurrying over to see his psychoanalysis, Jane rushed home to tell her mother and me what had happened on her second visit to the good doctor's office. Well, sir, dear, he didn't yawn today. I told him a story about being in a car with you, who later became my husband, Mr. Ace, and a train was coming around the hill, and it looked like it was going to hit the car, and then I stopped. Well, you could have knocked him over with a fender. You mean to say you told him the story up to that point and then walked out? Well, I haven't figured up the finish yet. Isn't that awful? But, Janie, I don't understand. Didn't the doctor even examine you for bruises you might have gotten in the accident with the train? Oh, no, Mother. You don't understand. He isn't that kind of a doctor. He's a doctor for mental conflicts. Mental conflicts? I never had those, Janie. Is it anything like dizzy spells? Oh, no. Mental conflicts are for people who worry. Worry? Who doesn't worry? Except my sister, your Aunt Wilma. She used to worry all the time. And then one day she decided to stop worrying. And overnight her hair turned brown. Mother, maybe you better come with me to see Dr. Montell. I lost track here. Uh, Jane, you're not going back there tomorrow? Oh, I have to go back. I have to figure out a finish for that story and tell it to him. Wait a minute. Tomorrow I can't go. I took some material to the dressmaker the other day. I have to go for a fitting. Dear. What? You'll have to go in my place. You you want me to go to be psychoanalyzed in your place? Unless you want to go in my place to the dressmaker for a fitting. Yes, I will go, Jane. I want to visit that doctor. Maybe I can help him. The next morning, I went to see Dr. Montell. His office was just as Jane had described it, uh, tall, dark, brown, and I was greeted by a nurse in a short leather seat at a desk. Good morning. May I help you? I want to see Dr. Montell. Do you have an appointment? Yes, at 11 o'clock. What's the name? Mrs. Ace. Oh, yes. I have it in my book right here. Mrs. Ace? Yes, Jane Ace. Oh, to be sure. Well, uh, well, the doctor will see you in a minute. Won't you have a chair, Mrs. Ace? No, 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 you don't don't understand. You see, well, yes, thank you. I'll sit right here. Oh, no, no, not here. Over there against the wall. That's it, Mrs. Ace. Just relax, and the doctor will be with you in a moment. Don't get excited. Don't be nervous. Everything's going to be all right. I'm not excited. And I'm not nervous either. That's right. Just relax. The doctor will buzz when he's ready for you. Thank you. Aha, uh-huh, yes. Haha, <laughs> yes. Well, you're looking well today, Mrs. Ace. It's just the makeup. Pancake? Uh, no, thank you. I just had breakfast. Uh, the doctor will see you in a moment, Mrs. Ace. 
Would you like to look at this magazine? Well, yes. I don't mind if I do. No, no. Don't get up. I'll slide it over to you across the floor. Oh, thank you. Oh, the Ladies' Home Journal. Yes. Yes. Uh, there are lovely new dress designs in this month's issue. You know, that reminds me. I wonder how I'm making out with that dress I'm having fitted over at the dressmaker's. You're having a fitting at the dressmaker's later on. No, no, no. Days. No, I'm over there being fitted right now. The doctor will see you in just a moment, Mrs. Ace. Thank you. Uh, yes, I have to go to the dressmaker for everything. I just simply can't find my size in ready-mades. Even hose. I have to have a maid special. Oh, me too, Mrs. Ace. And the nylons they sell you these days? This morning, I put on a brand new pair of nylons, and no sooner did I get here when I had to run all the way up to here. Really? Up to where? Look, Mrs. Ace, all the way up to... Oh, the doctor will see you right now, Mrs. Ace. Now he sees me. This is psychoanalysis. Go right in. Thank you. It's been nice almost seeing you. Remember me to Mr. Ace. Come, come in, Mrs. Ace. Well, I'm happy to... Who are you? Um, Mr. Ace. Oh, you're the one who later became Mr. Ace. What goes on here? Yes, I'm Mr. Ace. She couldn't make it today. Oh, no, oh, no. I was hoping she would come. I've been on pins and cushions since she left here. I've been going besmirk. Besmirk? I've been trying to write a paper on her history, but my bearings are all balled up. Oh, brother. Even my wife can't understand what happens to me, and we've been insufferable companions for years. Murder. I've always been so loose-footed and fancy-free. Look, uh, Doc, I, I don't want my wife coming here anymore. So will you just please tell her that I, I, uh... Not come here anymore? She built the story up to the psychopathic moment, and then she walked out. She's got to tell me what happened. You were in the car. You can tell me. You were speeding along in your car. Brr, brr, brr. The train was coming around the hill. Woo, woo. You couldn't stop. The train couldn't stop. What happened? We were killed. Oh, thank you, Mr. Ace. Thank goodness. You took a load of my... You were killed? Look, Doc, I, uh... Interesting case. Uh, lie down, Mr. Ace. Me? Very interesting. Now, I want you to tell me the story of your life from as far back as you can remember. Well, I was born in a Wild West show at the age of three. Uh-huh. The doctor will never forget that hour if he lives to be 12 years old. I fixed his wagon because the very next day in his office... That's right. Just lie back comfortably and relax. Now... I want you to continue the story from where we left off. Well, after well we Doc, got after I got out of the Wild West show, I decided to come in Indian. Ace, my husband. Dear, please, you're pushing me off the couch. Well, move over, Jane. I gotta have some room. Move up a little. The palms of your feet are hanging over the end I of the couch. I can't move over. You push over a little. I can't. There's no room. Well, somebody's gotta move. All right, children. If it makes you happy for me to move, I'll move. <laughs> Easy Aces was brought to you tonight by the Ambidextrous Assistant Temp Agency located at 221B Baker Street. Remember, all of our Ambidextrous Assistants are fully trained in using either of their two upper extremities to an extremely high level of proficiency. Yes, when you hire one of our Ambidextrous Temps, it's almost like getting two people for the price of one.
Please call 555-5555 today and ask for our sales manager, Ambrose. He will arrange the help you need from the area's only ambidextrous assistant temp agency. Join us again next week with the Ambidextrous Assistance Temp Agency brings you another visit with Jane and Goodman Ace, the Easy Aces. This broadcast of the Easy Aces program, Jane Goes to a Psychoanalyst, was presented by the WSCALP Audio Theater Players. Starring in this evening's performance were Chuck Curtis as Goodman Ace, Kathy Somsters as Jane Ace, Charlie Griffin as Dr. Montel, Linda Becker as Margaret Norris, Liz Wright as Jane Ace's mother, and Michelle Greel as Dr. Montel's nurse. This evening's episode of The Easy Aces was directed, recorded, and edited by John Lovering. This program was pre-recorded at the community campus at 100 Campus Drive in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We thank Noreen Hodgson for allowing us to use the community campus facility for our recording session.